Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Take your Bible, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. And while you turn in your Bibles, listen to this statement written by S. Lewis Johnson in his article called The Paralysis of Legalism, volume 120. He said this, one of the most serious problems facing the Orthodox Church today is the problem of legalism. One of the most serious problems facing the church in Paul's day was the problem of legalism. In every day, it is the same. Legalism wrenches the joy of the Lord from the Christian believer, and with the joy of the Lord goes the power for vital worship and vibrant service. Nothing is left but cramped, somber, dull, listless profession. The truth is betrayed, and the glorious name of the Lord becomes a synonym for a gloomy killjoy. Legalism. Keep in mind, in chapter 11, if you were here with us last week, in chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it was Jesus who said, Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And remember I talked about that last week? If you weren't here, you can pick up the CD. I was talking about the rest that Jesus is talking about. is not a rest from physical labor. He's talking about a rest of the soul. He'll give you rest in your soul. Maybe you're here and you are tired of living. You know, there's so much talk about teenage suicide nowadays. Have you noticed? So much talk about people tired of living. Have you noticed that or is it just me? And teenage suicide and all of these things. So much talk about, you know, people taking their life. Jesus says, listen, if you're here even this morning, Jesus would say to you and say to me, don't take your life. Because that's Satan trying to rip you off. That's of the devil, by the way. Can I tell, tell you that? If you're considering ever thought of suicide, that is not of God. God has come to give you life and that more abundantly. And that's Satan talking to you. And don't give in to Satan. You know what Jesus said? If you're tired of living, he says, come to me and I'll give you rest. He didn't say come to church. He didn't say come to a program. He didn't say go to counseling. All of these things are good. But Jesus says, come to me. Listen, who would ever dare? Who could ever dare except Jesus Christ himself stand and boldly say to any people throughout time and eternity and history, if you labor and you are heavy, then come to me. Who could ever say that? I don't care how great a world leader you are. 
or there has ever been no one but one man. He is Jesus who said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me, would also dare and say, if you have problems, if you are weary, if you labor in your soul, come to me and I will give you rest. Only Jesus would say that. Only Jesus could say that. (laughs) And so maybe you're here. And you're laboring your soul. You're tired of life. You're tired of dealing with tests and trials and tribulations and sorrow and suffering. Jesus says, come to me. I'll give you rest. Now, get this. Chapter 11. Jesus is talking about rest in chapter 11. Here in chapter 12, we have the religious legalistic Pharisees turning that rest, listen, into rigid legalistic burdens. Jesus is talking about rest. The Pharisees take the rest he's talking about and they don't allow it to be rest. They, they, they t- start talking about legalistic burdens. You see, the Pharisees were into the law of the Sabbath and Jesus is into the law of love. My sermon title this morning, Legalism Versus Love. Look in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you are there, let me know by saying amen. Amen. And at that time in verse 1, Jesus went through the grain fields. Notice this, underline it, on the Sabbath. And his disciples were hungry and they began to pluck heads of grain and eat. And when the Pharisees, underline this, saw it, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, have you not read, underline that, what David said when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest. Or in verse five, have you not read, underline that, in the law that on the Sabbath, the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. Yet I say to you in verse six, that in this place, there is one greater. Who would that be talking about? Jesus There's one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, and then Jesus quotes, write this in your margin, Hosea chapter six, verse six, Jesus quotes the prophet Hosea. He says, if you know what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless for the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand and they asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? And then he said to them in verse 11, what man is there among you who has one sheep and it falls into the pit on the Sabbath will not lay hold of it and lift it out of the pit of how much more in verse 12 of how much more value than a man than is a man than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. And then he said to the man, stretch out your hand and he stretched it out. And it was restored as whole as the other. You know, I was telling them last service. Have you ever read the Bible? I I know it happens to me all the time. You can read a certain text in the Bible like 150,000 times. And you've heard it and you've read it and you've heard it and you've read it. But then the 151,000 times you read it, you go, I've never seen that before. Now that happened to me on Friday. 
Did you notice in this text, it just blew me away. Here we have this man with the withered hand, and this man, was his hand was restored. He was healed by Jesus, and he never asked to be healed. He didn't ask for healing. He didn't come to Jesus for healing. And this man was in the temple like everybody else, worshiping God just like everybody else. But the Pharisees used that man to try and trap Jesus, to accuse Jesus, and the man never asked for healing. Jesus healed the man's hand when he didn't even ask for healing. Then that tells us about the sovereignty of God. God will do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. And get this, even if you don't have faith for it, God can still do it. Oh, y'all, that's another sermon. You understand? Say amen. The man didn't ask for healing. Jesus probably looked at the man, come here, yo, you, come here, man, come here, man, let me heal you. And God was like, oh, no, I'm okay. Sure, Jesus, can you do that? Yeah, sure, yeah. Heal the man. And notice, not only did he heal it, but notice it says, the Bible says that he restored it as whole as the other. That man was probably blown away. He's like, whoa, this is cool, you know. And then in verse 14, the Pharisees went out. And what happened? Instead of them being happy about the healing, instead of them rejoicing about the healing, instead of them praising God for the healing, instead of them being glad for the man, legalistic folk are never glad for those who get blessed by God. So, so what, what do they do? They go out and they plot to kill Jesus that they might destroy him. Now, in verse 1 of this chapter... Get the scene here. Jesus and his disciples, and he loved to hang out with his disciples. And they're probably just walking. You know, they didn't have roads in those days. Like we have, you know, nice highways and freeways and 1010 and 440 and, you know, the evil 40. And, uh, you know, they didn't have those in those days. They got around by walking. And, and they were walking through the field and fellowshipping. And enjoying each other and having fun and just kind of talking with each other and walking. And they got hungry. Now, I can relate to that. (laughs) You remember I told you last week that Jesus was into feasting and not fasting. And John the Baptist was more into fasting than feasting. Because Jesus was into feasting. I told you that I'm more like Jesus. Because I'm more into feasting than fasting. You know, by by the way, that's why I don't eat Chinese food anymore. Because if you notice, I'm, I'm always hungry. I don't know about you, but I'm just always hungry. I eat a lot of food. And, and Chinese food never fills you up. I'm just amazed by that. I mean, you can eat tons and tons and copious amounts of Chinese food, and it fills you up for about 15 minutes. And then you're hungry again. But that's why I like baptisms. Because when you go to baptisms, there's a lot of food there. People bring different plates of food, and I'm like the pastoral scrounge. You know, I just go plate to plate, and, you know, I sit there and look at you. You going to eat that? No, okay, give it to me. <laughs> you know, I like food. And so Jesus, he's walking along with his disciples, and they're walking through the grain field, a wheat field, and they got hungry. And the disciples, they, they grabbed the heads off of this wheat, and they rubbed the husk in their hands, and they blew the chaff away, and they popped it in their mouth. It's almost like they were walking through a field like granola, if you will. Just walking through the field, and it's like, wow, fields of granola. And so they pop it in their mouth. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, this is perfectly legal. Got a pen? Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 24 and 25 
tell us that it is perfectly legal for you to go to your neighbor's field and take of his wheat, take of his grain and eat it. The only thing you cannot do is take a container with you. You can't take a container to store it up. You can't go collect his grain, but you can go over there and eat all the granola you want. Take your milk with you and have a bowl of cereal. Stay there all day, but you can't collect it. So what they're doing is very legal. There's nothing illegal about this. The problem is, is that they are violating the Sabbath and working on the Sabbath day. Now, you got to understand something. This is big in the Jewish mind. The Shabbat or the Sabbath is one of the most important institutions in Israel. The Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D, is a series of Jewish writings. And in the Talmud, they have 24 chapters listing the various Sabbath laws. I could cite many of them and go on and on, but here are just a few on how to keep the Sabbath according to the Talmud. Number one, you couldn't carry um, anything on a Sabbath. They said you couldn't carry anything that weighed more than a dried fig on the Sabbath. Therefore, if you had false teeth, you had to take them out because they weighed more than a dried fig. You couldn't carry a burden on the Sabbath. So if you had a prosthetic leg, you had to take it off because that would be considered carrying a burden. Ladies, you couldn't look in a mirror on the Sabbath for fear that you might pull a gray hair. Isn't that crazy? Ladies, you couldn't wear somebody said, yeah, <laughs> now we can dye the gray hair and not pull it. Okay. And uh, but ladies, you couldn't wear jewelry or hair weave on the Sabbath. Now, this would be sad today. All right. You couldn't wear jewelry or hair weave. Why? Because that's considered carrying a burden. Get this. You couldn't take a bath on the Sabbath because you might spill water on the floor. And if you spill water on the floor, you have to get it up. And by mopping it up and wiping it up, that's considered work on the Sabbath. You couldn't walk a certain distance, kindle a fire, cook certain meals on the Sabbath. People work so hard at trying not to work on the Sabbath that they probably should have went ahead and worked on the Sabbath. Because they work so hard at not working on the Sabbath. And so no wonder Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest because these people were being oppressed. They were heavy laden by the man-made Jewish traditions for the Sabbath, concerning the Sabbath. So when the disciples plucked the wheat, they were reaping. When they rubbed their hands, they were threshing. When they blew the chaff away, they were winnowing. And when they ate it, they prepared a meal on the Sabbath. Now, the most amazing thing about this is in verse 2. Look at it again. Notice in verse 2, it says, when the Pharisees saw it. That's shocking to me. That's amazing to me. How is it that the Pharisees, how do you see somebody eating granola? I mean, what's up with that? How did they say, what did they have? The like the, the, the Sabbath Bureau of Investigation or like Sabbath police or something? I mean, what was up with that? They, what were they doing following Jesus, lurking in the weeds, work lurking in the wheat and with binoculars looking for something that he might do wrong? 
And if he did something wrong, he saw them eating of the wheat and the, the, the Pharisees come up to Jesus. Ha ha! We gotcha. Your disciples ate on the Sabbath. They ate the wheat. What is up with that? When they saw it, legalistic people, they're always looking for something wrong. They're looking for something wrong. It doesn't have to be anything wrong, just looking for something wrong. Now keep in mind, Jesus and his disciples are breaking, and they are breaking a man-made rule, not a God-ordained commandment. Now, saints, listen and listen close. This is very important because if you don't get this, we can't go any further. Jesus is breaking, Jesus and his disciples are breaking a man-made rule, but not a God-ordained commandment. You see, this is legalism. This is legalism. Legalism is a man-made rule that says to you and says to me, if we keep this man-made rule, then you will be right with God. You will be holy with God. You will somehow please God more than me. You're more saved. You're more a Christian if you keep this man-made rule. That's legalism. It is law. Law, listen, law is not legalism. Rules are not legalism. And there are plenty of folk in the church. If you have any rules, they'll say, oh, man, y'all just legalistic. I've had people say that to me. Oh, Pastor Rodney, man, Calvary Chapel, man, y'all legalistic. Man, legalism in there. It's like, well, why ever would you say that? They said, well, you know, uh, well, I came and I had my children with me and, you know, and, um, you know, my, my, my two-year-old kid was, you know, running around and, and, and doing stuff and crawling under the chairs and, you know, disturbing people. And, uh, you know, and one of the ushers came up and told me that we had children's ministry and I had to take my two-year-old out and, oh, that's just legalistic. And I'm like, that's not legalism. That's wisdom. <laughs> Say amen, y'all. I'm just trying to help you. That's his wisdom. You see, we love the word of God here at Calvary Chapel. We love it enough. We want to put you in an environment where you can hear it. We love you and your children so much that we want your children to love Jesus. And therefore, we have an awesome, awesome, awesome children's ministry next door where those kids, your two-year-old, your three-year-old, up to six years old, at least can go over there. We encourage you to go over there and get blessed and let those kids learn on their level. A two-year-old does not want to sit in here and hear me give Greek words and talk about the Greek language. What are they going to get out of that nothing and you know what happens when you have take bring kids and you put them in an environment like this I know when I was coming up maybe some of y'all can say amen to this when we were coming up and you went to church you sit there and you shut up and the pastor's preaching we ain't having you don't say a word you see and what happened then what happens is what you sit there all that time you're you're two you're two. Two-year-olds are not supposed to have to endure Pastor Rodney. Now, adults love Pastor Rodney, but two-year-olds shouldn't have to endure Pastor Rodney. And so you sit there for an hour. The kids start tearing up the Bibles and tearing up the chairs and distracting folks. And then what happens is you wind up slapping them. Because see, when I was coming up, you get out of line in church, you get slapped. 
See, nowadays don't do all that now. See, now, oh, we're politically correct now. You just say, Johnny, now, mommy love a baby. Back when we were coming up, it's like, boy, don't make me take you out of this church. <laughs> I'm going to kill you and bring you back in. i kill you dead and then bring you back in. And you're going to be quiet. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying. Say amen. I'm not by myself now. And so, you know, they, 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 and then the kid, what happens is the kid goes to church. And as he grows up, all he remembers is going to church was painful. All he remembers is I hated going to church because it was boring. And every time I went to church, I got slapped because I was being a two-year-old. And then when they get old enough where they don't, wanna, don't have to go to church because they ain't under mommy's house no more, they don't. They don't go near church because all they have is bad memories. So what we do here at Calvary Chapel, this is not legalism. This is wisdom. Hello. We're just trying to get the kids in a place where they can get ministered to. Because what happens is they go over there and they love Jesus. They sing Jesus songs. They do two-year-old stuff. And they learn Jesus stuff on a two-year-old level. And they leave church and they go, Mommy, I want to go back. I want to go to church. And then when they get older, guess what happens? You don't have to make them go to church. All they remember about church is it was a good time in Jesus. That's all that's about. That's not legalistic. Is, is that okay? Is that okay? It's not legalistic. It's wisdom. It's actually not law, but love. So don't misunderstand, you know, rules to be legalistic. Rules not, are not necessarily legalistic. The Ten Commandments that Jesus gave were not legalistic. Legalism says these are man-made rules of which if I do these man-made rules, then I will somehow be more right with God. Now that is legalism. And might I just add that there is more legalism in the church today than is n needed Legalism, legalism, you know, I thank God for the church I got saved in. I thank God for when I got saved and what God did in my heart and in the church that I went to and, and love it and learned about the Lord, began to, you know, got saved and, and started walking with the Lord. I thank God, but I got to tell you something. When I first became a Christian, I found myself in a legalistic church. I remember back then, I, I remember being told that women, and some of you ladies might know about this, women, I told you last week, as a matter of fact, women in this church couldn't wear red lipstick. Because if you wore red lipstick, you were guilty of the blood. You, you, some of y'all remember that? Or if you, you wore red lip, fingernail polish, if you wore red fingernail polish, you were guilty of the blood of Christ. Women back in those days couldn't wear makeup, Period. Because if you did, you were a Jezebel. Oh, the, the church used to teach all that. And people come to me, Pastor Rodney, can women wear makeup? I tell them, well, yeah, some should. I mean, <laughs> some men should. Hey, you know, don't leave the ladies out. Some of y'all men, y'all need a little something, something to help you. I remember the time when women couldn't wear pants at church. Remember that? Well, wasn't no wearing no pants. You can't wear pants because if you wear pants, you know, that's that. See, those are man-made rules. In other words, if you wore a skirt, then you were more like God for some reason. But you couldn't wear pants to church. All these things can Christians drink. And the Bible doesn't address this. They, yeah, the Christians, Christians, can Christians drink? Yeah, drink wine. But should Christians be drunk? No. 
Christians shouldn't be drunk. The Bible's very, very clear on that. I was just recently asked, can Christians smoke? Well, let me just put it like this. Can Christians smoke? You know, let me put it this way. Some Christians love the Lord so much that they want to be in heaven sooner. And so they smoke. <laughs> I'm just, uh... Get, you know, all this stuff, man, you know, Christian, ca- ca- caffeine, you know, we're talking about now we got ca- coffee ministry. Well, there used to be a time in the church where if you ate, consumed caffeine at all, that was ungodly. There used to be a time in the church like that. Now we have coffee ministry. Now things change. Caffeine now is considered true spirituality. I mean, if you consume caffeine now, you got more energy in the day to do godly things, I guess. But legalism, see, this is how you know what legalism is and what it is not. If something changes throughout time, you, you will know that's legalism. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.